Welcome back to another OU Football Podcast. My name is Joe Bettner. Joining me today is the next mayor of Los Angeles. It's Tyler Palmatier. Tyler, how you doing? I got my hopes up. I thought you were going to say mayor of Lawton. Oh, no, not quite up. Well, you, uh, like just would, adjust the mic a little oh, bit, Tyler. Yeah. People need to hear you. And People need to hear the vocals. It's fallen. It's fallen on hard times, much like UCLA. I would love, yeah. I would love to be a, the leader of Lawton. Is that your goal in life is to eventually no, run no, the town? No, no, I just would do it. You, d- you just would if be the people wi- would have me, I'd, I'd love to have them. <laughs> You'd be willing to do it. I like it. Um, Tyler, you are back from you – know, you've been back for a few days, but you were in Pasadena. Mm-hmm. Not quite L.A., but Pasadena. Um, went to see the Sooners beat up on the UCLA Bruins. Uh, wasn't much of a game and – Really Much the, of a fight. Really, the crowd told the story. It, it was, was a sad. Pitiful. It was a sad crowd. I mean, not big, not on OU's part, you know. But it was. Uh, it's kind of sad to see the old Rose Bowl like that. It we kind of talked about that last week too. How it yeah. was just going to be a shell of what it was in 2017. It really lived up to that. It was the whole. Uh, I guess it was the East End Zone. I can't remember how that stadium lies, but. Where all the sun was at first, it was Left really hot. Left on your TV dial for sure. It was uh, it was pretty I, empty. So yeah. Well, okay, never mind. Um, uh, see if it's left on the TV dial. Don't people already know? They're looking at their TV. They know what's on the left and what's on the right. You just right? got to make sure people are. And there is an audience out there that maybe just a little bit uh, vision impaired. Vision impaired. Um, and maybe need that information, Tyler. So I think it's important that we... Why would they be watching on the TV then? Maybe they just want to hear the announcers. Maybe Why wouldn't they listen to the radio? Maybe maybe they're big Kirk Herbstreet fans or Joel Klatt. I don't know. I don't They'll know. get the elite play-by-play if they listen to the radio. They do. And uh, Toby Rowland does a great job. Uh, but no, OU 48-14, as we talked about with Clay Horning on the post-game podcast, which um, went up night of the game, went into the late hours. Um Tyler, you're back though. Was the trip overall good for you personally? Yeah, from a personal standpoint, it was. I got a one way out there and landed at like seven seven thirty on the West Coast, and so had like all day. So I just I packed light and just went straight to Malibu and just laid on the beach and got really sunburned and great experience as always. And then uh, took a long trip back to Pasadena and met up with some other guys on the beat and um just just kind of hung out there Pasadena is a neat town kind of old old money california is how people sort of describe it and that's definitely true kind of beautiful houses and unseasonably hot though i would i would imagine i'm ready for some fall weather man i've been i've been feeling i've been on that wave for quite some time i'm i'm ready for a nap i bought and returned a fisherman's cable net sweater in like july because i was thinking about living in uh like seattle and like on the irish coast and I'll show you the pictures. <laughs> and there's also a video that's really funny that I think you'll appreciate. I'm excited to see this. Just on a personal note. But yeah, no, it was a good trip. And uh, yeah, OU, that that was quite a, I mean, they're, they're looking pretty good. I don't know. I don't want to get, it's three games and we don't know how good any of these teams are. But offensively, it's just still kind of mind-blowing what, what Jalen Hurts is doing. And that they're able to produce so much, and their running backs have done so little, and you haven't even gotten anything out of CD Lamb yet. I mean, the things they're doing offensively, uh, without getting much from the backs, from Lamb, uh, 
and um, what else to consider? The offensive line, they still, you know, there's been, I think, to sort of like the untrained eye, like a.k.a. mine and maybe yours or maybe you're an offensive line guru and I don't know, like it's really hard to notice all the things they see except for like the holds and I think breakdowns get with a good running quarterback with good vision like Hurts get a little bit um, – they're harder to see because I think Hertz turns them into 50 yard gains. I mean, not every time, but you know, so it's just amazing to me what the offense has done. And uh, I think through three games, we can say, we can definitely say the defense is deeper. It's a deeper group, except but probably with the exception of safety. That's kind of a, an area of concern. I don't want to take full credit for this take um, or really just this question, but I saw somewhere someone mentioned that the offense, it's not, as lightning fast as it was under Kyler Murray and someone posed the idea that maybe that's good for OU's defense that it's not nearly it's it's just as efficient but not nearly as quick and I don't know if that's that's interesting I didn't I don't know that I've picked up on that the tempo is down I would say that I kind of think you might be right they have they've had some issues self-imposed issues as far as penalties with the offensive line, and you saw a little bit of that. I think Tyrese Robinson had a one or two on Saturday, but it definitely does feel like it's not – I mean, it's it's by no means slow. It's not like Army, Michigan, where you get eight-minute drives. And UCLA, to start the third quarter, had like a really long drive to start off um, the second half. But it's OU's not going – OU's not you know slugging around out there, but they're just – it's not nearly as quick. It doesn't feel like, and they. I mean, I love that you just said slugging around. Just, I don't know. I was. I was worked that into a story. I, I I couldn't think of anything better. I mean, and this is an OU team that started off. I mean, with a with a huge Jalen Hurts run, fifty two yards, and had ninety nine rushing yards on their first offensive series was just uh, incredible in in this game, and he continues to be. I think. I think he continues to exceed everyone's expectations of what he can do. And I think you make a good point in bringing up CD lamb. It still feels like we have not seen CD lamb do the things that we know he's capable of because so many teams are just, they're targeting him. They're putting an extra guy on him and it's just opening up the passing game even more because OU just has no shortage of depth. Um, But defensively, you saw a really good game again uh, from the Sooners who shut down a UCLA offense that's fairly incompetent, um, but it does feel like there is improvement. I think it's almost safe to say there is at least improvement from from that end. I think so. Uh, the defensive line's better, but I, I do also – I just I just think it's like a, it's sort of a week-by-week week thing. I think I'll be a lot more confident in what the team – what the – well – what the defense is capable of after Texas and Texas tech will answer some questions. Maybe Kansas will answer more questions than in the past because look at Kansas last week. They beat Going the breaks off of Boston college. I mean, good for the Jayhawks. I mean, maybe they're, maybe they're better. Who knows? But I'm just saying like, it's gotta be a week to week thing. You know, it's like, uh, you gotta leave that. You gotta leave that new puppy in the kennel until you can really trust it. And then, you can and then you can let it roam around and give it the benefit of the doubt. But uh, I think the I think the defensive front looks more like just effective. It just does. It's there is more disruption, and there the the depth the the guys getting Redmond and and Stokes huge. I think the linebackers are deeper, and then 
also the fact that a lot of guys are rotating in and out, like taking Kenneth Murray off the field, taking guys off the field, giving them rests. Uh, that that's just not something that that OU had last year. Among all the sort of the dysfunction that defense have had, guys were just playing the whole game, and there was just no developed depth. And there's some of that now. I think that's good. that helps promote competition. I think that there's a fatigue, there's a physical factor to it, and uh, a lot of that was talked about this week. You know, with those guys getting rests, and doesn't seem like anybody has a huge problem with it. I think I'm not even 100 percent sure. I shouldn't even say this. I don't know that – I'd have to look. Never mind. I, I thought maybe Neville Gallimore didn't start last game and that maybe somebody else started in his place and he came in after. Wouldn't but the, be shocking the yeah, way that they I mean, it doesn't really even matter. Guys, yeah, but, I yeah. really don't even think it matters. But it's just sort of like a symbol of just the fact that, uh, you know, they're they're moving guys around and you want guys to be that interchangeable. You don't want spots to be not solidified. But, you know, like you can't figure out who can play there because nobody's any good. But I think if you can roll guys, as one says uh, – Go for it. I do feel like any all that's been really talked about this week is the fact that Alex Grinch wants to give guys more opportunities, the reserves, more opportunities to get into the ball game. Maybe that's just my Twitter feed. I don't know. I feel like that's kind of been a, a narrative, but for no, somewhat it, this bye week. But it does feel like, and it, I mean, it kind of feels like they're treating it somewhat like a basketball game is that you know you're not going to play all your guys you're not going to play your best players for the entire game you know you sometimes in basketball in the second quarter it's kind of becomes just a battle of the benches and you know they just you hope that you have a better bench and i think that ou is in a position where hey our depth is better and we have a scheme that kind of fits what uh and obviously alex grinch probably doesn't have all the guys he wants but I don't think – I mean, he can't be too upset with the way that these guys have responded so far. They're doing every, just about everything you can ask them to do through three weeks. Obviously, giving up 31 to Houston uh, is you know kind of their biggest knock at this point, which even then is just Houston's a good football team. But it does feel like all anyone could talk about is just rolling in new guys and trying to make sure that players aren't – playing 90 snaps which would be pretty conducive to making a few mistakes here and there and you also see it on the offensive side of the ball to an extent unintentionally cd lamb is kind of i mean he's pretty well rested he looks pretty sharp every time he gets the ball and it's not often but you see the way that they've kind of tinkered with the offensive line and seeing uh who they can put out there i mean Against South Dakota, which it was South Dakota, Creed Humphrey barely played. But they're just trying to build depth at this point. And, you know, this isn't this isn't like high school football where, you know, these games don't count. They count toward your college football playoff resume, um, you know, and you, you need these wins. But overall, OU's taking advantage of a pretty soft non-conference schedule, which I think was not obviously the intent of OU that I think they thought UCLA would not be this nearly this bad. Um, but they've beaten the hell out of everybody, which yeah. is like, I guess if you're, if you're watching from home, you're wondering how do you gauge a team? I mean, if you're blowing everybody out, it's probably a good sign. If you're blowing people out, you think you should blow out, then that's good. And Derek King, based on his rap sheet could have had a field day, I think with a bad defense. You might have still been able to blow them out, and he might have had a field day. Now he didn't. He wasn't just like rendered completely useless, but I mean, they largely handled a 
a really good quarterback in their first game in this new defense and their first game off a really, you know, tumultuous uh, last season. So, I mean, I think signs are pretty positive, but we're just going to have to see. Like, I mean, Texas Tech, will, I, I think a better gauge for them would have been had Alan Bowman not got hurt. That'll be – unless that's just some sort of gamesmanship and he's going to be okay. Unless this – what was the injury? Shoulder? You heard it here first, y'all. Yeah. Tyler Palmatier is calling BS on Alan Bowman's injury. It's a conspiracy theory. Cue the X-Files. I mean, it is kind of vague. He'll be out for several weeks, which this happened last week. Uh, Bowman injured against in that kind of wonky Texas Tech Arizona game, but no, I mean that's kind of my thing is. I think they wished people who really want to know what the defense looks like should have hoped that he played. Yeah, although they pro- they've I think Jet Duffy is he still the backup? Maybe. Uh, he's pretty good. They've got a, I think they've got a guy named like Maverick or something. I don't know. Do they still like produce uh, Heisman Trophy walk-ons at Texas Tech? That's still uh-huh. a thing. I mean, whoever is the fourth string on that, it's going to be a Lincoln Riley. It's got to be a disgruntled walk-on on that team that can who's going to come up to Norman and who can win like a maybe trophy. play and yeah, and then eventually transfer to OU. Yeah. So no, that's that was my thing is that I I'm honestly not sure that OU is going to get like a real test until that OU Texas game in Dallas because you've got Texas Tech who might not have Alan Bowman. <laughs> Sources say he might come back Sources. according to Tyler Palmatier. Hey. <laughs> um, but that was supposed I think that was supposed to be the first big real test of the year and it's not Cliff Kingsbury or Mike Leach, Red Raider offense, but I mean Matt Wells is still a pretty good coach, and it, I mean it's early in his tenure and it's still September. Um, but I and I think that Kansas could be maybe a little bit more competitive. I also think the ACC is garbage. Um, going on the road though has been a struggle of the Jayhawks, so it's at least improvement. I don't know if it's just having the right guy. Unless they've coach. just been like supplanted as the worst team in Power Five, and that they are now like the second to worst team in Power Five, and BC is the worst, then Kansas maybe is taking a step. Boston st- College just really wants December off. They don't want a bowl game. They're just going for broke here. Just they need a. They're just they're not interested. ACC they, is garbage, though. You have to admit. Yeah, I mean it's terrible. It is. It is. It. I mean, it's a joke that Clemson There's shouldn't be allowed to play. Some coastal football that people don't care about it right now. Fair. I just think it's crazy. As good as Clemson is, the rest of that conference is just, just a bunch of nobodies. Just a bunch of nobodies. I mean, the football powers have really been centralized a little bit. I just think, I don't know why it's the case, but like, I just feel like Big Twelve, Big Ten, SEC. These are areas of the country where people it, we. We're into sports because a lot of, I can't speak for everywhere, every, I mean, the Big Ten has some more attractive cities maybe than, certainly than probably the Big 12 country, but like sports is just a way of life in the Midwest and in the South. And if you get on either coast, it's a little different, like Clemson's different. I mean, uh, it's sort of in that Southeast sort of range. So it's like, but you get on either coast and look at the Pac-12 right now. Does the Pac-12 care about football you remember when so many people wanted teams like oklahoma and texas to go to the pac-12 Pac 16 i still want it i want it for the travel <laughs> but i mean like i think that travel budget might get cut a little bit yeah we wouldn't even yeah <laughs> um but it's just they don't care no uh, i don't know i I feel the i think what's happening to college football and not to kind of go full on um 
I feel like there's a, a fan out there that hates that it's basically Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, OU every year. And mm-hmm. it feels like more and more each and every season that we see, we get closer and closer to you have four, basically four teams that have monopolized their conferences. And I think Texas is gaining steam by, by a lot of measures, but you've just got these four that are really, really good. And you throw Georgia in there. I don't want to disrespect what they've done in recent years, but. And like an Ohio state is knocked on the door. I mean, they're, they're in the national, they won a national title right. pretty recently. Well, I, yeah. I mean, just in the last couple of years, I mean, like there, yeah. there's always like a, there's always a team. Like there, there is always a team that's kind of left out, but it's, it's, I mean, it's going to be a big 10 team. It's still like the same. We're still talking about the same three conferences i feel like with the well and in the acc it just feels like something that's very hard to break into if you're a team like oklahoma state or tcu it's just hard to break in even though and tcu and oklahoma state i feel like are in much better position in the recruiting rounds that they are in as opposed to a team like an iowa to be a national recruiting power it's just difficult to break through to get into that kind of upper echelon of college football. You just got to go win your conference. And like yeah. these conferences are just being ruled by some really good teams right now. Um, yeah. I mean, historic offensive numbers at OU, uh, Nick Saban's dynasty at Alabama. That's just a really difficult program to beat. Bob Stoops is soon to be dynasty at yeah, Auburn. Exactly. What Dabo Swinney's doing in, at Clemson is a dynasty. Uh, the Big Ten, that's the conference that conceivably is like a little more wide open. There just isn't somebody that lords over them right now, but like five straight big 12 championships is kind of like the football equivalent of 18 straight. However many men's basketball championships, Kansas won in the big 12. I I think they're super on. I I think that's a great analogy for that. Yeah. It's it's, I don't think, I think it's equal or if not equal, like really close. Of course they're not at five yet. They're at four. They're at four. Yeah, they're going for five. So I Which, mean, but this pro- might be the hardest one. I think get. four is like close to the equivalent, if not the equivalent. Well, I was gonna say, I, th- I think this. I mean, the Big Twelve. I still think that OU is light years ahead of a lot of teams. Texas, I think, is not as far as people as OU fans, I should say, probably <laughs> care to care to admit. But I do think that this probably will be one of the tougher years for OU to win a big 12 championship because of the way that Texas tech with Alan Bowman, if he does, if that's a lingering issue, I I don't think that game against the red Raiders will be much of a challenge. But when you've got teams like Oklahoma state and Kansas state playing at the level they're going at right now. And part of me is kind of maybe a little hesitant to say that you know it's gonna be it's for sure gonna be OU Texas this will be a big weekend and it's kind of a good thing for us because we can kind of pay attention more uh because OU on a bye week will have a you know free Saturday I know you'll be you know kind of taking advantage of the bye week as well but Mm -hmm. um it's a good weekend to gauge where everyone else is at it's I mean this is kind of a you know super cliche but it, you know it's a it's a put up or shut up week you know it's a i mean if by taking advantage of the bye week you mean charting every play of oklahoma state texas then yes i'm gonna be taking advantage of the bye week oklahoma state no, texas um that's a big game that it's a huge one 630 abc 12th uh, ranked longhorns going up against the cowboys i mean oklahoma state did not look amazing against tulsa in the first half last week but turned around in the second and kind of i guess you know, turned it up a level to where you would expect them to be. But a second half shutout for them seems like a big deal. I mean, I, I did it like 
read a whole lot of coverage after that, but I wonder when the last time they shut a team out in the second half has been. It's probably been a bit. That, I mean, their defense has been just as bad as OU's, probably worse. Yeah. Did you get to, I mean, have you, did you, do you have any type of feel for what Spencer Sanders is, Spencer Sanders is as a quarterback? I haven't watched him much, but I mean, they have a, it, it's a lot more mobile of a guy than they've had, even though Rudolph kind of, he got rolling. He's kind of like a bear, you know, like people are always like, a bear can run 40 miles an hour if he gets out in the open. That's kind of like Mason Rudolph. Like, okay, well, he's got to, in football, you know, you kind of got to get out in the open first. You might have to run around a guy and not drop the football and not fall. So I think Spencer Sanders is like a little more uh, Kyler Murray-esque. He's big, though. And he's also has some size, but I just mean as far as like mobility, like he can move around. He's, he's got not, some wiggle. He's not clumsy. He doesn't need to get straight line to get up to 40 miles an hour like a grizzly bear. That's an analogy we can all understand. I feel com- comfortable saying that. Is that a Latin idiom? Or? No, it's just comes from the heart. Um, so I don't, you know, I, I haven't watched him very much though. I, uh, I mean, I, I try to pay attention to that one. And I mean, Oklahoma State, I watched a little bit of the Oregon State game they had. And I mean, they just, it's kind of like OU. And I think the reason why maybe some are not as keen to th- crown OU Big 12 champs again, which I, mean, I think probably most people in a power ranking would put OU number one just for the benefit of the doubt that it's Oklahoma. But it's hard to gauge where Oklahoma State's at. And I think this is going to be a huge one this weekend. Texas, led by Sam Ellinger, who is having, you know, a pretty offensively is looks much improved and that LSU game, you know, turned into a little bit of a shootout and it just didn't go the Longhorns' way. But I think that Oklahoma State's defense and Texas's defense, it's gonna be a huge test for both of them. And I would probably take Texas to answer that call. Um Oklahoma State, you know, it's it's a technically uh number twelve Texas against unranked Oklahoma State, but the Cowboys I think are twenty they're they're about two they're two notches below they're like two notches out outside of the top 25 so they're they're knocking on the door and this would obviously be a huge win it'd be a huge win for mike gundy just in general the the be way win for tom herman he has i mean he has to beat oklahoma state he hadn't done it yet yeah and it that's kind of just why i feel like there's no i just don't think oklahoma state has a shot i just don't i think the the streak ends here the five in a row in austin I just think they've finally come across a team where Texas is back enough yeah. to beat them. And they've got out of there by the skin of their teeth in a couple times. Even though Texas didn't win the Big 12 title game last season, how much do you think beating OU in Dallas and then beating Georgia in the Sugar Bowl gives him grace as far as, I guess, expectations are obviously heightened, but I do think that, because I was thinking for a second, what is Tom Herman's biggest win? But I think you can point to two last year that were – pretty colossal but they laid an egg against oklahoma state in stillwater they just got outplayed by corndog which never a good kind of blows my mind that was such a weird oklahoma state team kind of like the last few years well that was i mean that was wildly inconsistent i mean they just played down to their competition and played up to their competition every weekend i know it's kind of a weird thing to say just because it feels kind of illogical but that's who they were is they always got a they've been horrible at home and then they've been you know I think their biggest wins last year, not that surprising, was West Virginia one too, or was that the year before? I can't remember, but I think they beat West Virginia at home one year. Uh, when West they Virginia, I want to say, when Justice Hill got hurt, and I want to say that was in Morgantown. 
it could have been. I don't remember, but I just, you know, just been a weird football team. I just think Texas has is going to get them. And I, I mean, Ellinger's been great. And he's all Big 80, Twelve first team. Oh yeah, eighty-two completions for one hundred twenty, one hundred twelve attempts, uh, eleven touchdowns, no interceptions. I mean, it's, it's pretty, pretty good. good. Pretty good. Wow. I think we're in agreement finally on something. Yeah. But back to your point about the great giving Tom Herman grace, I would say yes. Beating OU, beating Georgia. That's I mean what you're beating the best you're beating some of the elite right now and you're yeah. consistently playing with OU on the big stages. You know, the Big Twelve championship was close. I mean he's he's got the program in a good spot. I'm not trying to say he's on the hot seat by any means, but yeah, I do think no. after that first season people were a little bit worried i guess that Mm -hmm. maybe tom herman isn't who we thought he was um speaking of a guy who we're not really sure he is who we thought he was but some big games this weekend uh number 11 michigan and i'm referencing jim harbaugh jim harbaugh oh okay um number 11 michigan uh going going to wisconsin um, you've got you've got a lot of rank matchups actually because you've got number eight Auburn going to Texas A and M who's number seventeen in the country, um, and then number seven Notre Dame at Georgia number who's number three. Um, I mean you can make kind of a day out of that because you have a ranked matchup at every time slot, um, and you can maybe squeeze in there an ESPN Plus game between West Virginia and Kansas. <laughs> That's which, a great football schedule. It's I mean. All things considered, like it being an off day for us, I'm pretty excited about it. West Virginia and Kansas can be like a game where you sort of like take a break from the TV. You can maybe like turn it on in the background. Yeah. Um, I I, I want to ask you your thoughts on the whole ESPN Plus deal because it struck mm-hmm. a nerve with fans on online. And it feels like the overreaction. It feels like an overreaction to me. I feel like this is kind of the way it's been going. It's just because ESPN's making a bigger deal out of ESPN Plus and the fact that it's a, su- a subscription thing. But it's not like in the past we haven't had games designated for ESPN3 or the Watch ESPN app. It's just now it's they're not available on TV. And, I mean, it's not really an, it's not really an issue for me because I don't have cable. Um, and ESPN, I don't know how, I, I somehow got ESPN Plus through like a backdated subscription through ESPN the magazine. And so... Hmm. It, I'm not really paying five bucks a month for it. Um, I'm going to email them. You, let them know. Let them, hey, this guy can't be legal. Stealing money from you. But, I mean, do you do you feel like that's fair? Or do you feel like people are justified in their in their reaction to the news that we're going to, this is just kind of our reality now? Kind of both. It's I, I agree with you that games were streaming before. I think when they see... I don't, what's on? I wish I knew what what is in this. What is on the slot that Kansas State, Oklahoma State is in on ESPN next? Or I can look. Um, or why don't you look while I rant about this for a second? It's, I agree with you. Like people, here we are. It's 2019. People are mad that a game is streaming. Like guess what? Like stuff's gonna stream. <laughs> like your favorite shows are gonna stream, and you're gonna have to watch them on that. And I don't know what the big deal is. Like. You're going to get frustrated because you can't listen to the uh, second-tier ESPN2 announcers call the game. Like, you know, fans will complain about when, when they get a game on ESPN2 or ESPNU and they get the, you know, the second- and third-string broadcasters, they're, like, bitching about the sideline reporter mispronouncing the backup left tackle's name. You know, if it's not that, it's the, because the game is streaming. Like, 
on the flip side, I get it. Like it's a new Big 12 platform that the Big 12 and ESPN both want to promote because it's subscription based and seems like a pretty good strategy to designate a what appears to be a pretty good football game with Oklahoma State and Kansas State. Like that game to me when I see those two teams playing or uh, on the schedule and one's going to have one loss at most and the other, uh, I don't know who Kansas state's playing this weekend off the top of my head. Um, but anyways, both are going to have one loss at most. I think, you know I mean? That would, I would expect that to be a, a bigger on a, on a bigger network, whatever. Do you want to, did know? you get any answers? Do you want to know who, who's on the same time slot? Yeah. So Oklahoma State, Kansas State playing at 6 p.m., which quick sidebar on this. I feel like if you're going to put any game on ESPN+, Plus, just make it a night game. It doesn't matter. It's not interfering with anything. Let the home team have a primetime game, and let's just, you know, call it a day. Wait, what do you say that again? Make sure that if you're going to put a game on ESPN+, Plus, make sure it is a night game? Yeah, like get, just throw the home team a bone at, le- at the very least if you're going to put them on streaming because it doesn't matter. I mean, and maybe you want to fill out your day more, and I, I, I guess I can kind of understand that. But mm-hmm. I'm just saying, if it's going to be on ESPN Plus, like imagine if OU's pay per view game was at 11 a.m. I think people would be a little bit upset. I think people kind of, for OU fans, forgive it a little bit because it is a built in night game every year, built in night home game. Maybe I'm looking too much into that. No, I, I mean, just I'm just having trouble following from a standpoint of watching and I, I can't get on I feel dumb I'm embarrassed is it because just like you're playing a crappy game and it's not on television make it at night because it's more comfortable to attend or no I just I mean I, I just feel like if you're not going to be constrained by you know if you're not going to be constrained by TV yeah then there's really no time slot to adhere to other than probably ESPN does want to mm. maybe spread out the football throughout the day but I'm just saying, as much let as let them kick off at night, just because like I mean, because people complain all the time when they get an 11 a.m. kick on FS1. But yeah. like, are people complaining more about 11 a.m. kicks these days because the heat? I've I've heard more about the heat as it relates to when football is played this year than I can remember in previous years. Like going all the way back to OU's preseason camp. I at least I, first time in two years Riley has ever started holding these practices at night. Like, no, I I, I think, agree. I it's hot. But I just don't know why all of a sudden it seems like just people are boiling over about it. I think people are fed up. I mean, also They're sick of it. People, I think the the one big thing that I've noticed is that the fact that now Alabama is in on complaining about it now it's an issue. Of course. Yeah. So, but anyway, to answer your question, that got off on a drum, really long drum side. roll. Who is in the six o'clock time slot? On first of all, what network are we talking about? ESPN two. Well, so like you would think that this game, since it's on ESPN plus, it would be on one of like the ESPN networks, right? Like two it's not going to be you is what I would think. It's not going to be Fox. Um, so at 6 PM, same time um, on ESPN, the, you know, the main channel, Mississippi state at number eight, Auburn ESPN two, UConn, not great at number 15, UCF. Ugh. Which I can imagine. I I'm, I'm kind of I'm I'm actually a little bit upset right now. I guess I get the fervor. Uh, and then on ABC, number six, Ohio State at Nebraska, and at seven p.m. on ESPNU, UNLV at Wyoming. Which you feel like that could have easily been Oklahoma State, Kansas State. 
UNLV Wyoming? Yeah. Which one's that? What time was that one again? 7 p.m. on ESPNU. Yeah. Well, I mean, I get it. Like, I don't understand bitching about streaming in 2019, um, but I do understand being frustrated about them taking a game that conceivably could have easily been on a bigger network or on a bigger platform, I mean, um, to that basically promote this new platform, this new streaming platform. And it's how this works. It's new. And like they, Wyoming, uh, UNLV, UConn, those three fan bases are not going to flock to a streaming service or ESPN three to watch their game. If it's not on yes, if it's not on one of the networks, probably and not flocking to it anyway. No, you, UCF fans out of all the teams you just mentioned that are playing in those slots instead of OSU and Kansas state, UCF fans are maybe the most likely to go online and stream it. OSU and Kansas State fans, rabid football bases. Like, they're going to go on and use the Big 12's platform. So I don't think it's a conspiracy at all. Like, I think that's what they're doing. And in the sake of they're, they're out is like, well, we're going to put UCF on. It's a big market for us, which is true. Like, it's a the that market down there is large. Uh, or maybe just for the sake of balance, they're saying, look, we're just going to put on different conferences. Like, But I really think that's what's happening. They, they know that OSU and Kansas State fans are going to stream that football game. So it's just pure economics is what, is what you think. Or, yeah, that and just promotion. Like, yeah. it's new. Like, they can probably get a bump in subscriptions out of it. I, I assume I – don't, I don't know enough about the platform to know if you can nickel and dime. Like, I don't know if you can go and stream one game for a flat rate like a pay-per-view. I don't you know. Can't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so it, they're going to get a subscription five, bump out of it. It's just five bucks. I mean, I know that – For like, how long? For a month. Oh God, that's it. Cup of coffee, two cups of coffee. If yeah, you go where they're I gonna go. get a subscription bump. That's I think that's what it's all about. And honestly, and they're probably hoping people forget to cancel, which is probably most subscription based services. But yeah, which I I thought, and not to go off on a, a basketball tangent, but um, OU men's basketball released their schedule on Wednesday, and I did think it was interesting that a few OU men's basketball games will strictly be on ESPN Plus. The good news, if you can call it good news, I guess, um, and once again, it's it's five dollars, and I'm not trying to you know say that, that that's not valuable to some people. It's probably five dollars, probably a lot more to some people than it is others. Um, ESPN kind of threw OU fans, OU men's basketball fans, at least a bone because they have their three ESPN Plus games are within a basically a four week period. It starts on January fourth, and the last one is January 9th. So you're basically paying five bucks for three games. Get the whole month. Get the whole month yeah. and then just cancel it after that January. I think you can honestly sign up for it and then cancel it right away. And it just won't auto renew mm-hmm. the next month. So that's at least nice for OU men's basketball fans. Um, but yeah, it's just it just feels like a weird thing to complain about in my opinion. But I think people are just going to complain no matter what. I mean, it is a conspiracy. I, not to fuel all these people's fires, but it's... I mean, it's a thing. Your team is getting screwed. You know what I really hate? ESPN and the, you know, and the establishment does hate you. Probably so. You know what I really hate, though? I can't feel like I can't go online shopping anymore because people put one-star reviews on things that they think are priced too high. Like, the, it's not even... You about, literally just said last night you were online and made an impulse purchase. I did. And I bought it. Well, you but just said it, you it got feel a, like you can't do it anymore. Well... You just did it. It's hard. 
It's but like I got the 14 day free trial. People were given this thing one star because they were like, "Why isn't it a 30 day trial? Mm. Or why is this? Why do I have to pay for this?" <laughs> and so, and, and to kind of go back to our point about ESPN Plus, it being five dollars, that's a hell of a lot cheaper than getting the ESPN cable package. Which I mean, I had friends growing up that like. They thought it was crazy that I had ESPN. They were like, yeah, we we don't pay for ESPN. Like, my parents don't think it's worth it. And I'm like, just come over to my house. We got ESPN. It's good times. We got it. We got it, guys. Which is just a wild thing. But, like, I mean, it is expensive through cable. And, I mean, you're going to pay for it regardless unless it's on ABC or Fox and you're just an antenna person. Which kind of of sounds funny when you say it like that. I'm not trying to disparage people, but like. Is this like the digital version of racism? (laughs) I'm not saying that in a mean way. I'm just saying if you just have an antenna, which for a while, that's all I had was just in college. Like all I had was an antenna. I was an antenna person. I think some people are shook when you tell them you can still go buy an antenna. And I still have my antenna. Oh, do you? I I was one of them. Somebody was like, well, why don't you just get an antenna? I'm like. Where do you get an antenna? Like Walmart. NASA? <laughs> it just plugs into your TV. You don't have to plug it into the wall. You just plug it into your TV. Are they still huge and like they shoot up into the air? That's no. what I picture as an antenna, like the old rabbit ears. Or like, I mean, it, it is rabbit ears, but it, it's pretty small and it's portable. Affordable. It's really nice. <laughs> you are pushing so much, well, the thing, so much tech stuff on here today. The thing I don't like about, because I have YouTube TV, but they don't have uh, NBC as a part of YouTube TV. And so, obviously, I need to watch Notre Dame and Sunday Night Football, which I never do, really. Yeah. But the antenna comes in handy when I need And the soup, it came in handy the most when the Super Local Bowl. Local weather, too. Yes. It, it came in handy the most, though, when the Super Bowl was on NBC. Because you're, <laughs> you're trying to throw a Super Bowl party, and then you realize you don't have NBC, and you're like, thank goodness we have these, these rabbit ears. So, it's, it, it's a good time. I'm not... It'd be fun to have a Super Bowl party... Never show the game and just tell people that you're like troubleshooting the problem. But hey, just enjoy the food, you know, enjoy the drinks. I'm gonna, we got the game coming on. Don't worry. It's that's all people care about at a Super Bowl party. I'm, I'm just, I'm not there to watch the Patriots win again. I'm there for the food. I'm not sure I've watched the Super Bowl and I'm embarrassed to say how many years. That's okay. I mean, actually think I might have had last year's on. Who performed at halftime of last year's? I couldn't even tell you. That's how I kind of remember them. I just don't watch them. You don't even really care about. I mean, you're not even in the office fantasy football league, so I do not like fantasy football. It is kind of weird, isn't it? I got into a fantasy baseball league one time that was like serving a short jail sentence. <laughs> like I wasn't updating my roster. This guy had to come. Like he was like, "You gotta." He was like trying to do it for me over my shoulder, forcing me to do it. I was like, I don't want to do it. I was told that I was hurting the integrity of the league. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm done. Well, they came out. I'm not I'm not huge and on And we're fantasy. talking Major League Baseball fantasy. That yeah. is a grind. Yeah. The thing I didn't I, – I tried to do college football, fantasy football last year. Didn't go well. I don't know. I just – I'm not into it. No offense to anybody that is. No, and it's, I mean, I feel like, because, like, right now, and, like, I got in the Office Fantasy League, like, everyone's in it except for Tyler, basically, which mm-hmm. is funny because he's our sports editor. Um, I'm 2-0 and right now. I don't, I'm not going to care when I get that first loss. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, or not care, but, like, I'm going to stop caring about this fantasy football. But right now I'm winning. 
And so, yeah, like, I get it. Kind of like the bra- kind of like when you fill out a bracket and you're winning, and it's yeah, fun it's, when you're killing it. It's ex- that's exactly it. There's mm-hmm. been so many like Thursdays where I'm like, I'm doing amazing. Friday happens, like, you know, East Popcorn State beats Duke. It's just I don't care anymore. Mm-hmm. My bracket's busted. I picked Virginia two years ago to win the national ch- title when they lost to UMBC. Mm. Did I care about that basketball tournament that year? Not one bit. And then they come back and win it all this year, right in your I got face. To co- I got to cover them, which oh, was that's cool. right. Yeah, you saw the national champions. So that that's was, cool. I got to see. Good for them. I'm so glad they did that. My first game on the beat was OU Texas Tech, which Texas Tech made the Final Four, mm-hmm. and then got to see Virginia. Oh. So pretty cool. Pretty pretty decent turn of events. Anyway, Tyler, before we get out of here, I do want to mention OU picked up pretty big recruit Aaron Parks. Four-star out of Fort Washington, Maryland. I know you've been all over the recruiting coverage. Oh, yeah. Was... You've been going crazy with uh, with all the details, updating updating our... Everything but embedded in the decision process. <laughs> no, but um, Oklahoma on Thursday, same day we're recording this, picked up um, another commitment from Aaron Parks, who highly rated guy and adds to... They have five offensive line commits all of them four star um just four pretty in the, four in the rivals from from four ri- in the top 20 in the country i think we're rivals.com rivals. we we go by rivals.com just putting that out there it's always so difficult to figure out what to what to choose but the sooners up to 18 commitments i i really have no analysis i i think i mean aaron parks i know is a highly re- you know highly regarded guy um bill Bebenbo, what he's done is you know he's been killing it lately um, I actually went to, uh, I think it was, I went to one of the pages of like one of the commits just to see, I like, I, I don't know why I like the inner dynamics of like when one guy commits and the guys that are already committed, I like to see what they're saying. And then I w- so I went to Noah Nelson, who is the four star offensive lineman out of Gilbert, Arizona. I, w- I was going to all the off- different offensive linemen's Twitters and I thought he was quote tweeting Aaron Parks, but he was quote tweeting Anton Harrison, who's also from that uh, DMV area, who committed on September 3rd. So it's just been a really good month for Beatonbow. Just seeing that, uh, seeing how close that they they've been together. I mean, and they you know they closed out the summer pretty well, getting a guy like Andrew Ray out of Broken Arrow, which whew, kind broke. of the centerpiece of that class. I mean, of that O line class there. That's Those kind Broken of- Arrow boys got beat up pretty bad by Owasso. Yeah. So Rams, Rams on the prowl. Hey, I mean, that's what we do. We win. Any uh, any big Owasso guys in the in the in the recruiting databases here right now? Yeah, I couldn't tell you who's on that team. I don't know anything about. You just them. know that they won. Yeah. That's all that matters. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know much about their team. Um, like specific dudes. Uh, I think a name would probably come to me. I mean, I I knew I knew like I don't didn't know many guys last year. I don't think they have that quarterback still. Um, but like when Proctor played for him, Josh Proctor, that the up, name up at Ohio State. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is the year that Owasso won the state championship, so there was a lot of hype around Proctor leading into that. So I mean, I knew guys then. I can't remember that quarterback's name. I if he's still there, I think his, his last name Keen, Coon something. I can't remember. But uh, anyways, back to real life. Um, Andrew Raym is a good centerpiece of that offensive line class. And I feel like what Bill Biedenboe has done 
sending offensive linemen to the NFL and having the offensive line really just anchor the offense that Oklahoma has produced in the last few years. There's just the selling points are sort of endless for OU right now at that position. Like you have a guy that is sending guys to the NFL. You have guys that want to block for, you know, a great offense. And I, I don't discount what having back-to-back Heisman trophy winners just does for your off recruiting offensive guys in general. I mean, people want to be and knowing, fun. Yeah. And knowing that you have good quarterbacks like queued up behind him, Spencer yeah. Rattler and, Brock Vandegrift, you know, Mordecai, whoever, however that all. Put some respect on Tanner Mordecai's name. Mm-hmm. It's going to come and in. So uh, I just think guys want to play with good guys at quarterback. And then, like, I, we were talking to Ronnie Perkins about this the other day. And it dawned on me recently. I was like, how? I was like, Michael Thompson's got to be frustrated. When they recruited him, uh, he was a defensive tackle. They had originally recruited him at the offensive line, but when they signed him, he was a defensive tackle. And they were really high on his potential helping them as a big, like a large, uh, quick defensive tackle that could like be one of those guys, you know, like Clemson and Alabama have. Because he's a former basketball player, just kind of like big speed. I think it's something Alex Grinch says a lot. So Speedy. Yeah, they thought that that was how that this guy would factor in. Well, then they move him to the offensive line after a redshirt year. I was just thinking in my head, like, this guy has got to be so – he's got to be a little bit impatient about this. Like, the, I, he was sort of brand, or branded as maybe a guy who could help really quickly on defense. Now he's moved. And when you move to offensive line in this program, it's like you're you're behind a deep group. And I think he's being groomed to play a tackle spot. I think left. I think he's playing left tackle is what Bill Biedenboe said. I mean, it doesn't matter. That's not where he's going to play when he plays, but that's where he's working right now on the scout team. Anyways, we were asking Ronnie Perkins about that, who's from St. Louis, like Michael Thompson. And we were like, you know, how's he handling that? And he was like, uh, it's, he's he's fine. Like, And I, he mentioned – Ronnie Perkins literally mentioned the word money. He was like, I think when you know the, the opportunity for the kind of money you can make – and these guys are not – they're privy to what they can be turned into. It's kind of like going to – it's kind of like an Ivy League for offensive line uh, – offensive linemen. You're going you to have a job out of school. You're going to get a job out of school. Like, you're going to get a shot, that's for sure. Yeah. Like, you're going to get a shot at least. So, you know, it's – that's – anyways, that's the long version of why Michael Thompson isn't worried about being moved offensive line. Like, he got moved, and he's working under a great coach who's proven – so – Sounds like a clickbait YouTube video, like why Michael Thompson isn't worried about his st- starting role or playing time. I mean, so I'll write that as soon as we get done. I look forward to it. Tyler, I know you need to get out of here. Um, you're heading off to who knows where. Can't keep track of you. Nashville. But Nashville. I didn't know if you, I didn't know if you want to put it out there, but no. you know, put it out there. But just hope you have safe travels, back to back weeks. Just world traveler, Tyler Palmentier. Oh, yeah. Transcript Sports Editor, we appreciate him coming on once again to another OU Football Podcast powered by the Norman Transcript. Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and SoundCloud. So many places you can find this fantastic audio conversation between Tyler and myself. And we'll be back again next week. It will be Tyler and I next week because we'll be previewing OU and Texas Tech. And then Clay and I will be, maybe Tyler will hop on, considering it's an 11 a.m. kickoff. That early kick, I'm going to get on it. 
Postgame potting it up with uh, me and uh, senior sports columnist Clay Horning. The whole crew. He does pay me every time I mention his title. So thanks for the check, Clay. Anyway, for Tyler Palmatier, my name is Joe Bettner. Y'all have a great weekend.